Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of DJ Sports with your host, DJ Hamilton. In this episode, we're going to break down and talk about some of the big-time Game 7s that happened yesterday on Sunday with Celtics and Bucks, with the Celtics coming up victorious to make a, their entrance to the East Conference Finals, and then the Dallas Mavericks obliterating the Suns to make a stance and make their way to the West Conference Finals to play the Golden State Warriors. So don't go anywhere, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. So I want to first start with the Western Conference. Man, that game, the Mavericks blew the Phoenix Suns off the floor, one twenty-three to ninety. The number four seed in the Mavericks. We only really had Luka Doncic as their only superstar on the team, the only star player, beat the number one team in the NBA. They had a franchise record, 64 wins this season, and the Phoenix Suns, who were 32-9 at home throughout the regular season, blew them over by over 30 points, and they led by as much as, I think, 42, 44 at one point. It was embarrassing. And Luka Doncic, man, he... I, I, I had Suns in six. I was totally wrong. Luka Doncic in this game had 35 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals, and was plus 37 to lead his team to the victory and make a, make a place for themselves in the West Conference Finals against the Warriors. And I, I, can't, I couldn't believe what I saw in my eyes. The meltdown that the Suns had at home in a Game 7 is, was baffling to me, especially the star players. None of their star players showed up. CP3, Booker, were no-shows. DeAndre and Mikel Bridges, no-shows. And between CP3, their big three in CP3, Aiden and Booker, they combined for 9 of 27 from the field. 9 of 27 from the field in a game 7. Nobody showed up. Devin Booker was 3 of 14. It was minus 41 from the field. Chris Paul had the worst plus-minus of his career with minus 39 and finished with just 10 points. Patrick Beverly, you have over here on the Timberwolves, the guard who has history with CP3, said Ronnie Williams should have benched CP3 in the, in the crunch time when they were getting blown out. He should have benched him and should have put in campaign or somebody else because they weren't playing well at all. They looked lethargic. They looked timid. They looked scared. The beatdown that Luka Doncic put on their psyche to, with the Mavericks starting off the way they did, it, it, it showed. If you were watching the game, it showed. They couldn't buy a basket. And the Suns, they only shot 37% from the field, 35% from three, 66% from the foul line. They couldn't get by any baskets. Luka Doncic had 27 points at the halftime. That's as many points the Suns franchise had going into the half, 27. That was the lowest point total they've been held to all season long. And Luka Doncic, he, he had help too from his teammates. He got Jalen Brunson involved, who had 24 points, six rebounds. Spencer Dinwiddie, he got involved too. He had 30 points off the bench for them. And a lot of people had the Mavericks losing this series because their role players didn't really play well on the road. We saw that in game five. We saw that in game one, game one and two. But when they were at home, they were playing well. 
but we didn't know they were going to show up like this in game seven in a win-or-go-home situation. And man, did Luka Doncic get the help he needed? Then Woody and Brunson combined for 54 points to go along with Luka Doncic's 35, and they got themselves the dub. And Chris Paul, man, from the moment he turned 37 on May 6th, like a week and a half now ago, he just got old. It seemed like all his talent was sapped out, out of him. He had 18 points in, in throughout the last five games of the series and had 18 turnovers. Game three, I remember watching game three. He had seven turnovers in the first half, the most of his career. He never had a game like that. Game four, foul trouble. Game five, game six, nowhere to be seen. He didn't make no impact on the game defensively or offensively. And the Mavericks were switching on him in pick and roll situations to get him to guard Luka. So Luka could use his size at 6'8 and his strength to punish CP3, who's older, 37 years old, and is only 6 feet tall. So that was a mismatch all the way. And nobody could guard Luka. They put CP3 on him, mismatch throughout the series. Mikael Bridges, who was the um, runner-up to Defense Player of the Year behind Marcus Smart, he bullied him. They they had no answer for him. DeAndre Ayton couldn't guard him either. Luka Doncic is too quick, and he has strength on him too to finish through contact. He was showing why he's a transcendent talent throughout the whole series. David Booker can't check him either. And this, you know what's ironic to me? I was talking to my friends in the group chat that we have. After game two, Luka, I mean Luka, Devin Booker and CP3 were laughing at Luka Doncic after they exposed his defense in game two after blowing the Mavs off the floor. And I said that's going to haunt them because throughout NBA history, Whenever players laugh at other star players on the opposing team, it never ends well. It just never does. We saw that with LeBron and D. Wade in 2011 when they were up 2-0 against the Mavericks and they were laughing at Dirk. And look how that turned out. The Mavericks went on to win the series in six games and Dirk went on to win his only NBA championship and only championship in Mavericks history to this point. And now we have the same situation now with Booker, and Chris Paul, both great players, star players. But Luka Doncic showed he's on another level from these boys. He's better than them combined. He impacted his series the last five games more than those two guys they combined. And it showed. And, man, he out, Jason Kidd outcoached the coach of the year, Monty Williams. He called out his players at the end of game two, the others, saying they need to step up and help Luka Doncic. That this can't just be the Luka show. And they did their part in this series. And he called out Luka after game two and saying, Luka, you got to play better defense, man. I remember when Jason Kidd got hired last offseason, everybody was saying, oh, I don't know about this hire. We've seen a lot of star players in the past not be great coaches. But I was one who really liked the hire. Jason Kidd is a brilliant basketball mind. He's one of the greatest point guards of all time. He knows what he's talking about. And he has really helped Luka mature his game. Luka still kind of winds to the refs. But he's not as whining to the refs as he used to be last season and and the seasons prior to that. And this season, he's kind of matured, kind of let the game come to him, not complain after every damn call, which slows down the game and kind of gives his deep, kind of hurts his team when the game trying to get back on defense when the play keeps going. And Jason Kidd has gotten into his head for the better and has bettered his game. And this is his first ever deep playoff run in his career. Luka has shown he's a big-time player in big-time moments. We saw that last year, when he, the last two postseasons before this one, when he played the Clippers in the bubble in 2020 and 2021 against Paul George and Kawhi, two of some of the best two-way players the league has ever seen, 
when he cooked them. And in each of those series, he averaged over 34, 35 points a game. And in this series now against the team, by far the best team in the league this season, he averaged over 30, 35 a game in this series. And in elimination games, he's averaging, I think, over 38 a game in his young career so far. It's, it's incredible what we're seeing with this guy. Like, this Mavs team is not that great. They're really not. And they're in the West Conference Finals. That's how transcendent of a player he is. We're seeing a LeBron-esque type run right now. 07 LeBron. When he led that mediocre Cavs team to the NBA Finals. Can Luka do that? Can he get them past the Warriors? Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green? I don't know. Because Steph Curry is a whole different beast from Chris Paul. He's a whole different beast. The way he can shoot the ball, has a handle, can finish at the rim... He's a whole different level from Chris Paul. And I love Chris Paul all time great. But Steph Curry's on, on another level. So I don't know if Luka's going to be able to handle that. But they have nobody on the other side who can check Luka well, on the other end. Draymond Green can't guard Luka one-on-one. Luka's too good, too skilled, too big, too strong. And then Klay Thompson, he's not strong enough to guard Luka. And then he doesn't have the lateral quickness that he used to have prior to the torn ACL and torn Achilles that he suffered the last two, three years. So I don't know who's going to guard him. Andrew Wiggins ain't strong enough to guard Luka Doncic. Kaminga doesn't have the experience to guard him. He's a rookie. You're going to ask a rookie to guard Luka Doncic, a top five player in the league? He's arguably the best player left in the postseason right now. So I don't know. This series exposed the Suns, man. It really, really did. DeAndre Ayton, now they got questions. Ayton, do they give him the contract extension after an abysmal performance in that game seven? Not coming up big. He didn't, I didn't feel like he dominated the series at all. Like, I didn't feel an impact from him at all throughout the series, especially the last five games. He basically was like a no-show. And if I'm the Suns, I'm biting myself. You could have had Luka Doncic on your franchise. You drafted eight in number one. Luka Doncic went number three to the Atlanta Hawks, later traded to the Dallas Mavericks for Trey Young. And, it, and I don't know. Yeah, Drayton, I don't think he's going to get that contract extension. I believe Jay Crowder is a free agent, too, after this year, after this season. They still have Devin Booker signed till 2024. CP3 is there till 2025. It really comes down to what they do with DeAndre Ayn, who's their third third guy. So we'll see what happens. This, this loss, this loss really does damage to CP3's legacy. This is the fifth series of his career where he's had a 2-0 lead and blew the next four games. He or what or he lost the series. This series against the Mavericks. 2008, when he was on the Hornets against the Spurs. When he was on, I believe, I think the Rockets, they were up 3-1. They lost the they lost the next three games to James Harden and the White Howard Rockets in 2015. Last year in the NBA Finals, Suns were up 2-0 on the Giannis and the Bucks. Bucks went on to win the next four games. Four games straight. But this is the first time in Chris Paul's career in the playoffs where he had five straight bad games, not just moments. Five straight bad games. Game from game three to game seven, he did not show up. He didn't make one impact on the game in any of those games. And I know he said after the post game, after game seven, of course he's frustrated and everything. Some people think he was going to retire. He said, no, I'm not going to retire. It's because we lost game seven. And he also stated that he said, we'll be back. But... Man, he said that last year, and now you guys got bounced out in the second round. You didn't even get to conference finals after having the best season in your guys' franchise history. 
it seemed like everybody had the Suns going to the finals. No one would have thought the Suns, I mean, the Mavericks were going to beat the Phoenix Suns. The only person I heard um, they chose the Mavericks over the Phoenix Suns was Nick Wright of First Things First. He's the only one I heard saying Luka Doncic and the Mavs are going to the NBA Finals, which I don't think they will. They they could force the Warriors to six, but I don't see them beating Steph, Clay, and Draymond. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. But yeah, Chris Paul, man, the fifth 2-0 series lead of his career, blown. And it's just it's just crazy seeing such a great point guard, a guy who's great on both ends, who's well respected around the league, a pit bull, a guy who could have won the championship last year, but is denied by Giannis and now Luka Doncic. Two of the best of the new generation of upcoming NBA superstars. They're already superstars, but you know what I mean. New generation of NBA stars, a new era. These are guys who are going to be dominating the rest of this decade as long as they continue to stay healthy. They're, those two names, Luka and Giannis, are going to be at the top of the totem pole of the NBA for the foreseeable future of the 2020s. And Chris Paul is just sad. He had two series lead in for the Grizzlies in 2013 as well, and also the Blazers in 2016. And they lost to the um, Damian Lillard Blazers 2016 and the grind, grind out era of the Grizzlies in 2013 that had Mike Conley, Marcus Saul, Zach, Zach Randolph, and so forth. Tony Allen. Like, I don't know what else he can do. I, I just don't see him ever winning a ring. And it's sad. This is a guy who many people believed to be a top five point guard of all time. And now if we really look at it, some people like to overreact to the moment, but I remember when I did my top 10 point guards episode of all time, which you guys should go check out. I don't even think I had Chris Paul in my top 10, which is crazy. But obviously, I would redo that now because I had Westbrook over him, which, no, Westbrook's not over CP3 all time. But if I had to redo that now, he's definitely not, he's still not top five. I have Magic over him, Steph over him, I have Oscar over him, and Isaiah over him. That's four. And then John Stockton is over him. I had John Stockton one spot over him in my NBA 75 list. I had Stockton 32. I had Chris Paul 33. And the reason I have that is because Stockton was more durable. He was more clutch, I believe, than Chris Paul. He made big-time shots when his team needed. Great defender, just like Chris Paul. All-time assist and steals leader by a wide margin. He basically did everything Chris Paul did, and he has two finals appearances. He would have had two rings if it wasn't for MJ. So that's what I thought about. Getting to the Eastern Conference now, before ahead of tonight's Eastern Conference Finals with Game 1 between the Celtics and Heat. The Celtics came victorious in Game 7 in a 109-81 victory over the Bucks, And what was a hotly contested physical series the last two weeks between these two heavyweights in the Eastern Conference. And already there's a postseason resume of the Antetokounmpo put forth in the second round series. was still one for the ages. And it was very impressive what he did without Chris Middleton. He put up an historic stat line of 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in a single playoff series, which is something we've never seen before. Not LeBron, Michael Jordan, Matty Johnson, Hakeem, Shaq, Kobe, nobody else has ever done this in a single playoff series. He averaged 40 points, 15 rebounds, and 5 assists over a four-game span from games 3 to game 6, including a 44-point game and 20-rebound game in game 6. At home in Milwaukee. And Jason Tatum had 46 that game. That was one of the all-time classic duels. Giannis had 25 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists in consecutive playoff games since Shaquille O'Neal in 2001. So he set a whole bunch of records in this game. 
and throughout the series, but it just wasn't enough. He struggled, shot 3 of 11 in the second half of Game 7, and just 1 for 6 in the fourth quarter. The Bucks went 11 to 62 from three-pointers over the last two games, while the Celtics went 55 and 98. And then when I was watching the game, Giannis kicking out to shooters such as Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, who look, he looked shook. He looked scared of the big moment. He was 0 for like 8, and he kept shooting. I'm like, bro, pass the ball. If your shot's not falling after like 10 shots, try to do some other things to help your team win. But he just wasn't enough. They they really miss Middleton's absence. When you lose a guy who averages 20 to 25 points per game to try ask the role players to make up for that, especially on a game seven on the road, that's a lot to ask for. And you saw how Boston's role players, like Grant Williams, he had seven threes. He had 25 points, I believe, seven of them for three-pointers. They played better at home. Game six, they didn't play that well. But Grant Williams, he was firing on all cylinders in game seven. And he was a big reason why the Celtics came victorious. Jason Tatum, he he had a decent game seven as well. I think he had 32 points, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look it up. But he, he was pretty good throughout the series, just late in the series. Game five, six, seven. He was much better throughout the series later on than early on in the series. Let me see what he's... So Jason Tatum, yep, yeah, no, he had 23. 23, 6, and 8 in 36 minutes of play. Jalen Brown gave you 19. Marcus Moore gave you 11 points and 10 assists with 7 boards, along with lockdown defense on Giannis Tentacumpo. And Marcus Smart showed how valuable he is in this series as well, being the defense player of the year, guarding Giannis, guarding Bobby Portis, guarding multiple guys. And his, his versatility at his 6'4 size, to me, is amazing. Amazing. And excuse me, Grant Williams had 27 points. He had the game of his life on Sunday. So now they're going to be facing the Miami Heat tonight. And it's going to be interesting to see how they can handle the Heat or more physical than... I think, no, they're both... They're just as physical as the Bucks, but I think they're even more physical. They... They have they're not full they're not fully healthy yet. They don't have Kyle Lowry. He's expected to return some point in the series, but he'll be out for game one. But they have a rough dog, rough rider, and Jimmy Butler, who is gonna be really, 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 really hard to handle. So we'll see what happens. It's gonna be an interesting series. And if I had to choose who's gonna win the series, so if I had to choose, so with the Western Conference, I got Warriors in six. And then with the Heat and Celtics, I got Heat winning in six. I just think Jimmy Butler's going to be a great leader for the team. He does it on both ends. Bam Adebayo could get it done. If he if he could show up in this series, because he has been kind of disappointing in the playoffs and inconsistent, that he have a chance to really make a run and potentially win the championship. So I got Heat in six. So this is going to be a really physical, hard-fought, long series. But I think it's going to come down to who can make, who's going to dive on the, who's on the floor for loose balls and all that. So that's going to be exciting to say. So we'll see what happens, and it's going to be an interesting series.